Hi, Carrie. Hey, Sandra. Who are we? Who are we? Girl. Screaming divas. You can do that really well now because you've been singing. I've been singing. I've been singing just a little bit. Just a little bit. And we have an amazing guest today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We had to talk to him, didn't we? Because this has just been a whirlwind for, for both of you, to be quite honest. Yep, yep, yep. Craig Kogler. Yes. Who is my Macbeth here at the Lyric Opera. Hallelujah. And you actually knew him before I did. Yeah, we've done, a, what, two productions of Tosca together and got to know each other. And um, and I just adore him. He is really just a wonderful human being with this amazing, generous heart. And I was so excited for him when this happened. He was working with you. He was working with Damon McVicker. And I just thought, you know, you I couldn't wait for him to know you and for you to know him. So I, we had to talk to him to find out how it all went down, how it happened how he's feeling, pandemic, singing, family, kids. Family, yeah. I mean, the, what a big thing, having three kids and a beautiful wife. And yep. for him to have this opportunity to, I think this is really going to just skyrocket his career. I really do in right. my heart of hearts. So all of you just listen to this and watch this this interview. It's so inspiring and he's such an inspiring person. Absolutely. So, so real, so true, so there, present in the moment. And, uh, you know, just, I just love his heart. It's a big one. So check it out. This is a great clip. Here's a clip, people. And we will see you all live in an opera house. Can you believe hey. it? Can you believe it? It's awesome. Finally. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Say. Stay safe. Get the job. <laughs> wear your mask. Whatever you got to do. We'll see you at the theater. Come to the opera. Bye. It, it's that differentiate like if there are any young singers like watching this it's that difference between the ego trying to be the best technical like like a a functional this is my business yes i am i am not i'm not saying how good i am because of how good i am i'm saying how right. how good i am because i am, I am working i right. am doing a job and if I don't have an ability that somebody else has, it's my business responsibility to go get that ability. Absolutely. Like that, it's not about me. It's not about me being the best. It's like, I feed my family. Like I have a job. I have, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like afford a house, like simple crap that you just have to be like, no, I have my own life. I have my own self-identity outside of this. This is a technical exploration of where I sit in that hierarchy of, Love that. If you call somebody at the last minute, if I can go be that one in Chicago that they call and they're like, oh, we're happy to have you. Oh. Hello. Are, you there? Are we just going to Oh, go. there we go. Oh, Macbeto. Oh, you say Macbeto. Yeah. <laughs> Are we I love that view out your window. I, I feel so incompetent because I don't have my like ring light or anything, you know? I don't have my normal setup. Oh, honey bunny. So if I'm I were like, to show you the setup here. Hot mess. And Carrie set up. Okay. Carrie, do it. Move left or right. There's some, there's some avocados <laughs> holding up the, the thick pictures. You see my avocados? Yay. Avocados. Life on the road, people. I'm from California, so like. I love me my avocados. Yes. All right. Well, cheers. Um, normally cheers. we have alcohol, but 
It's water. We're all singing. We're all singing. And you have coffee. Oh, you're still in coffee mode because we had a show last night. Yes, we did. Yes, we yeah. did. It was an amazing. And you sound like a bass today. Oh, every every morning after a show, I I can't phonate above <laughs> like a middle C. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. I'm it's, done. And it's I'll go lucky out. That I'll go out in public. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, go. I'll talk to somebody in public and my voice will crack like I'm a teenager, you know? Like I'll be at a grocery store, I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, mm, oh, <laughs> uh, um, pardon yeah. me. I'm just lucky yeah, that the, I, the, the next to last note in, in Macbeth for me is the D flat, because um, I'm glad it, it's not sooner in the show. So if it were sooner in the show, I'd be like, peace out people. Yeah. Peace out, yeah. people. So we have to tell everybody who you are. You are Macbetto. I am I'm Nicole Clo. Hello, Clo. I am I'm Sandra's Macbeth. No, I am Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're my hubs. No, I I'm I'm a gender fluid father of three who married my high school sweetheart and am uh, an opera singer, a, a budding opera singer. Budding And a very good friend of mine. <laughs> yes. And now a very good friend yes. of mine. Thank, oh, thank, thank you. I would, have been, I would have been so scared to sing with you if I didn't know that you were good friends with Carrie because like you're, you're one of those people who, you know, like I grew up being like, oh my God. She's so amazing and she's so pretty and so, you know, all the things. So, um, but then once I like saw that the Screaming Divas were happening and I knew you were friends with Carrie and um, Carrie and I did a couple Tuscas back to back, um, which was just blessed. And I was like, okay, if she's friends with Carrie, she's totally cool and down to earth, like good, good human being. Like okay. this is gonna be fun. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Craig. We have to talk about this. Yes. Let's just start out um, from the gate. So we'll we'll eventually talk about pandemic and all that kind of stuff. But you mm -hmm. were called last minute to fill in Chicago Lyric Opera like that. Opening night, new like, production. You want, yeah, new production. David McVicker, you haven't worked with him before. You haven't worked with Sondra before. I mean, this is like some big mama jama stuff. So tell company me. Company debut. Company debut. Yes, yes thank you. So tell me, let's Company hear the story. Hasn't been anything on stage for 18 months. <laughs> so yeah, so tell me like what happened? Tell, walk us through, because people are gonna wanna know this. Walk us through what happened. Luckily, my, my history with Macbeth has pretty much all been in this same vein. Um, when I when I did it first in Antwerp, Opera Vlandrin um, had, had, uh, they serve Ghent and uh, Antwerp. And usually they'll do the both houses in one season, but they want to do a longer run on Macbeth. So they had already contracted one uh, baritone to do the run in Antwerp. And I was contracted for the next season in Ghent. The gentleman in Antwerp started having vocal problems. They called me in to cover. So I had only half learned the role. I got there the exact same day as the maestro, because he was a week late as well. Oh. He did the first music run through and was like, this is not gonna work. 
you upstairs in a rehearsal room with me in two hours. We sang the entire role that I did not have memorized, of course. And then the next day they were like, you're in, you're blocking. <laughs> so your whole, and then of course, like so, the Met. Wait. So I was for a week. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was, and, and uh, it's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of a hard sing. Um, kind of? Just a little bit. It's Massive. A little bit. It's not written in a very kind way. And it's for a bass baritone. It's also particularly high. And I don't do a lot of bel canto work. I do mostly German or Verismo crap. And um, <laughs> Verismo crap. I, <laughs> Verismo crap, you know. Um, so I, 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 I learned it and didn't quite get it into my body the right way, but just like, just animaled through, just totally animaled through. Then we took it and did it in Luxembourg and we did it in Ant, I mean, and then we did it in Ghent the next year. So I got to like, you know, start working it in. And we, there was a different conductor in Luxembourg who was an orchestral conductor. And they, re they responded so fascinating. It was like, anytime you took a little rubato, they'd think you were signaling like a hard retard. And they would like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That right back on it, right back on it, please. Please don't like, that was just a stretch. Mm -hmm. That was just a stretch. So that was also a good trial by fire to go like, do you really know this? Like you have to know this. You have to be able to lead an orchestra who doesn't know it. Okay. And, and then, um, I was asked to understudy it at the Met and I had, they had asked me to understudy um, Falstaff as well, but I didn't want to get pigeonholed into just being a cover. Um, and I had already covered the same production um, at the Royal Opera House and mm -hmm. done Pistola with Bryn. Okay. So I wasn't like, I wasn't, I was like, I know this production. I've already done all the blocking. I've already like been in it. And like, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like I, I like politically needed it. And I didn't want to be like, you're the cover. And I was like, mm -hmm. but then they offered me to cover Macbeth and Domingo was doing the Macbeth. Mm -hmm. And I had worked for years with Domingo at, um, in Los Angeles. Right. He had he had conducted me, we had done shows together, and I thought, okay, if I'm going to cover at the Met, this is the one time where politically, if I'm in the room, and it goes, oh, yes, this is Craig, you know, oh, he's very good, we, we have him in Los Angeles, you know, oh, this is Craig. You do that and, way and too well. I, go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh -huh. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, okay, that's, that's the one time where I'm like, if he, if, if people hear him say my name, they'll go, oh, oh, he's somebody, you know, like that whole, right. that whole, you know, bullshit. Thing. Um, all the bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So okay. I was there at the Met as the Me Too accusations and everything came and he retired in the US. I was in the room with him through that whole process. I was at the final dress rehearsal that was his final performance. So then as the production started, I became the principal cover and then Lucic got sick and voila, met debut as Macbeth. Wow. Absolutely. I, it was just wow. this insane, uh, yeah, yeah, totally.
Okay, so that you're <laughs> Macbeth has a has a thing with you. There's a like a halo of going on around this role. So then come we're a pandemic, you know, nobody's singing a whole lot, and then what happens? Yeah, yeah. So I um, luckily I had uh, a summer festival in Austria, the uh, Tiroler Festspiel. Mm-hmm. Um, which got out like my serious, like deep panic after coming back mm. from the pandemic. Like um, that's where I had like near breakdown. Um, that I'm walking yeah. through right now because you think, I know I did this. I've sung this role a hundred times. Why I, is my brain having a war with my voice yeah. and my body? It's a war. When you Why get, when get rid out? of the war, it's fine. With the war wins, it's not fine. <laughs> it's a mental game I right have... now. It's a huge mental game, I think. Yeah. yeah. Because I... we're wait, not wait, on wait. our A game yet. No, mm-hmm. okay, wait. We have to we we need to talk about that. I for, for me personally. We gotta hear. Yeah. So um anyway, so anyway, I, I want to finish the story about Macbeth. So then you are summer festival in Europe, and then do you get the call there or do you get the yes. call you get home? I didn't get the call till I came home because I was supposed to be um, at uh, Toronto. I was supposed to be OC doing uh, Friar Melitona in uh, Forza. Uh, <laughs> and they, they canceled their whole fall. Right. And went digital. Oh, so, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I was going to, they, they were really good to me. They're really good to me. They, um, they were trying to put together a video production of Johnny Skiki. And even though it would have been a small role, they were like, come and just do one of these tiny roles. That way we can still pay you your fee. I mean, they were like super classy. Wow. And honestly, it was going to be a pretty good gig because it was like two weeks, you know, suddenly yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Two weeks for the same, you know, yeah. But <laughs> then yeah. Thursday, I got the call to be, hey, can you be here Monday? And I was like, heck yes, I can be there Monday. Because we had That's one baritone. Lucas, Lucas Alsi, he canceled. Then we had mm. a Russian baritone. Don't know the whole story about that, but he canceled. Something pandemic Yeah. Something, something pandemic-y. Yeah. And, and then, so you were the third baritone. And thank God, because we are having a blast doing this. And yes. <laughs> Craig is an amazing, amazing singing actor. I have to tell everybody out there, if you haven't seen the show, he throws himself into this. You are 1 million percent committed to David McVicker's production, which let's go into that now and how how this whole process went, because this was a new production, uh, my role debut, and I was not quite on point with the words first week or so, but David's concept for this was very physical for you yeah yeah and also pretty triggering because i I, I, on the one hand i completely agree because my subtext which was never addressed in the other productions i did was that it's all about the lost child it's all about lady macbeth and because it's all in the text his whole obsession is that bonquo has kids bonquo has progeny and that that just that tiny seed that lady macbeth and him are falling apart it just screams unresolved trauma around the loss of a child and and that pain pushing us apart and that's why the witches know 
that if we tell him about this, it's gonna drive him right into the ground. So David, to have like that movie quality, stillborn baby on stage, that took, my daughter came out um, unresponsive and not breathing. Um, and seven surgeons had to rush in and I could see her on the operating table and them putting tubes into her and everything like, so I've, I've seen it, seen the literal, you know, real, real life of that. So it definitely took many moments of me hanging out with that baby, not to have a total meltdown, yeah. um, during the show but it's also really nice because then when you bring out the the other baby that's a little more grayscale in the coffin I get to cry on stage I get to like yeah. legit like actually cry because it's in the ballet I don't have to sing while I'm crying so it's kind of it's a cathartic morning yeah. every evening where I'm like at least I get to let it go at least yeah. I get to release on stage and that's Carrie, there's yeah. a lot of blood and there's a lot of dead babies in this show. I'm just gonna say, and a lot of coffins and it's very dark and it's very effective, uh, I would say. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think I know one of his shows that hasn't you know, been effective, but I can't even imagine. I mean, I know what certain shows do to me and what you bring home and what, you know, to separate what you've just worked on even in the rehearsal room. And then you come home with these emotions and these feelings, I mean, I'm about to go do the death scene with Mimi and certain things that she talks about in certain moments are so paralleled in my own life that it it's really, you remember these things. You remember these emotions because you're pulling on them. You're pulling on them to be that singing actress. And so honestly, I mean, I, 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 eat, I like to eat my emotions. So for me, it's really hard not to like stop by somewhere on the way home and be like, oh, I really need that cookie. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? It's like, and that doesn't, and which is compounds itself because that doesn't make me actually really feel good physically. So then you're just in this vicious cycle of trying to sabotaging. Yeah. And trying to figure out how to manage yeah. your work life with these kinds of emotions and these amazing directors that pull this stuff out of you as what, and then manage your personal life. I mean, I don't think people, singers and actors talk about that, you know, like famous actors talk about that how they do they dive deep into rules and things like that but singers aren't talking so much about that so so you've really been through the ringer man i mean because there's not only getting called at the last minute you're you're one job to the other so you're not home with family and then you've i mean you've told us each personally the the hot mess of apartment drama that you went through i mean it has been one thing after another can we, can, can we tell that story yeah, I mean, I wish I could just like hug you through the Zoom and then take you out and feed you cookies cake. <laughs> can, can we tell the story about your first apartment here in Chicago? Do you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. I'll do a quick summary because okay. I'm, I'm, oh God, oh God. So last minute, trying to find Airbnbs, you know, for, for, the, for the long haul and trying to spend $5,000 a month because after the pandemic we're broke and I'm like, no, we need to you know, we need to get a discount. So we find a place that's actually pretty decent price and it's only two blocks away from the opera house. Okay. And it looks like it's, it, yeah, it looks like it's fairly new. Like, cause you know, you see Airbnbs and like summer oh. or like, you know, you live in a room where the people are all like, oh, we've been in Airbnb for years and you know, here's your little coffee and here's your, and they're super sweet and you know, it's all, 
right. homey and, and comfortable. This one seemed city-based and, and um, you know, just a little more sterile. Um, but I was like, great, I don't, I don't care. It's just me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need anything. So I show up and uh, uh, right off the bat, I should have run to the hills because the front door lock didn't work. And the person had to call in a locksmith to replace the lock. There was no silverware. There was no, um, there, was, there wasn't a broom, you know, like simple, simple shit. Like that you're like, um, so I tried to be really nice about it. And I was immediately in rehearsal. What, what, Carrie, Carrie, yeah. No, I remember, I remember a post you did something about like, I washed myself with dish soap or something. Cause that was the only soap that was in the apartment. Oh, that's what you, you smelled like dish soap that day. <laughs> you smelled like Dawn dish soap. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> I got off a red eye at 4 a.m. Oh, well, I got to I got to the place at 4 a.m. I'm trying to check in with like the oblivious attendant security guard downstairs, you know. And they're like, oh, I don't know. You know, oh here, okay, here's your stuff. I get up there, the lock doesn't work. There are no none of the listed amenities. And the only soap in the apartment is because I, I, if I read on Airbnb that it comes with soap and it has a toaster and it has all these things, I, I trust that the the list because you have to click each one, you have to like right. click it if it's not there. So, so yeah, I show up. I did not bring my toiletry bag, so I was like, all right, shower with this soap. Here we go, because you know after a plane, you're you're gross, you're nasty, um, and yeah, but that's and not the worst. And, oh and no, it, it gets worse. It gets worse, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because glamour, glamour. We are we are high highfalutin opera singers. Um, but yeah, I like somebody's comment where on the dish soap it's got the little duck, you know, that's like we rescue animals from oil spills. And somebody was like, hey, if it's gentle enough for the oil spill animals, like good enough for you. So fast forward yeah. to what two yeah. days before opening. Fast forward. I got light food poisoning for the final dress rehearsal. So I felt like I was gonna pass out in the first half. That was great. Oh, don't undercook your beef. That's, that's a lesson there. And the very next morning I got woken up by no less than six police officers slamming on my door, right? I wake up, I don't know who it is. I, it, 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 yeah, I just- At what time, terrified. like seven, eight in the morning? Yeah, it was eight in the morning. Just, you know, right. I mean, what after a dress rehearsal is early, you know, for, for us. Um, and they, they did, they weren't identifying themselves repeatedly. So I thought, is this like, who the hell is this? And finally they paused and I was like, please stop. Who are you? And I just woke up, you know, like, and they're like, it's the sheriff's department, open the door. And I was just like, okay, fine. I opened the door, like they were pissed. Like, why aren't you opening the door? I'm like, uh, you just woke me up and you didn't identify yourself. Like, why would I open the door? I'm in, I'm in a city. Like, it's fucking Chicago. Like, I'm not gonna, you know. Um, and there was a guy standing there with one of those massive battering ramps, like big heavy metal, like ready to smash the door down. You know, they're all like all their gear and all the crap. And I'm just like, I'm all disheveled and you know, I'm just like. What? <laughs> like, what are you? So they escorted me downstairs. They said, you can take your cell phone and any medication. Are there any weapons in the apartment? I'm just like, oh God, would you please like, 
just stop, just stop. Like, I was like, I'm renting from the guy. So the guy I was renting from was not paying his lease. So of course I, in the unit, am the one that gets evicted. And I don't know what drug cartel they were expecting to find in this, uh, you know, high scale apartment complex. I, I don't know. I don't know what they, what they thought was gonna be in there, but they were ready. They were so, ready and they were grumpy. So how long did they keep you? Like wondering who you were? How, how long did it take for them to know that you, this was a mistake through Airbnb and all that? Well, I was impressed because they asked for my ID. I gave them my ID. And then very quickly, they asked me what my wife's name was. And I was like, oh, that, well, my wife's Amanda. And they were like, okay. So somehow they had looked me up quickly and found my information and and we're verifying my information by asking me a family relation. I was like, like okay, damn, tech, like technology, like, okay. So I, once I was downstairs, then they were like, just hands off. And they were like, you can't go back in the apartment without the building escorting you in to get your stuff because you, no one is allowed to be in there. It now belongs back to the apartment complex. So then just to go get my stuff, I had to have a maintenance guy come and watch me. As and the I lyric went, helped you too, like, right? They did. They helped me a lot. I had um, I had Kevin on speed dial and he came. Uh, luckily, we were close and he was in the lobby by the time the police got me down there. And, oh, awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the Opera yeah. House really helped out. Thank God. Yes. And they were, they were willing to cover, like, to help me find a place immediately. And finally, the building I was in realized how incredibly crappy they had been and they offered to put me up in like a like a family guest suite for until we opened okay yeah because because they were you know they had to go through levels of of approval but finally they were like yeah okay we we were turds about this (laughs) okay so did airbnb give you your money back for that apartment it's still going through um it's still going through the process because I made the mistake of doing half the contract on Airbnb and half the contract privately <gasps> to try to save money. So they, so there's a loop. He got me. He got me. It was, I, I got, and yep. So I got, I got the full. I now I know what it's like to be a victim of fraud. It's, it's quite exciting. Right before you open Macbeth house debut with Sandra Robinovsky, David McVicker. Holy crap, man. Pandemic, first big show back after. So let's 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 segue here away from unhappiness and go to more unhappiness. <laughs> let's talk yes. about pandemic and, and how you living in LA, you know, how how were you during the pandemic and and with the kids and the family and and everything? How did you survive? Uh I'm a really good therapist. Hmm. Um, I uh, I I uh, started a new medication. Nice. I was not healthy. I was not healthy at, at, at in in any way mentally. Um, gardening uh, kind of saved me hmm. uh, because I just go out and um, just throw all my physical energy into uh, like paving with rocks and digging stuff and and uh, uh, I get a lot of spiritual comfort 
from plants and and nature. Uh, so sometimes I yeah I. I, I struggled a lot. And that was also, the beginning was also during the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and, you know, to watch to watch everybody that you work with and that you've come to love kind of like simultaneously ruined. Um, and also like the mental ego issue because there's years as a young artist where you're living off of other people. And I had finally, I had finally gotten to the point in my career where financially we were in the black and I was doing it on my own. Right. And to have to, to have to slip back into living off of other people and grants and charity and my parents was surprisingly painful. I, I thought, I thought I was pretty good at it, but I didn't, I didn't realize just how much my ego needed to feel self-reliant and how much I was enjoying that. Um, and also the, yeah, the fear, as you know, like of losing other artists out of the career who are like, forget it, I'm gonna be an accountant, I'm done. You know, people who you are like, no, no, you're valuable. Like, oh God, like, right. geez. Yeah. Um, and supporting so, a family, yeah. three kids at home. Well, okay. See, that was a blessing, though. That was that was a uh, uh, a big blessing because just a year and a half before the pandemic, we had a burnout. We had had our third child, and we had been living on the road for about seven years, homeschooling. Mm -hmm. um, Which yeah, was fully, amazing. Fully I have to say, I mean, what you guys accomplished and pulled off, and how well rounded and how awesome and happy these kids were in that whole time, at least when I was around you and I got to see these kids beautiful children that it was an amazing thing what you and your wife accomplished and did for so long you know some people just do it before they hit school but you had three of them you're doing the whole thing everywhere you go how you find housing how you find I mean all the stuff that your wife posts of what she does and what you guys do with those kids everywhere and what they're learning and stuff I mean this is some awesome stuff that these kids got to live through but you guys hit a wall right so you guys hit a right. wall and then right. you're like, we got it. Let's just be in one place. So you pick California. Yes. Uh, yes. Right around the corner from my parents. Mm -hmm. And who are super um, cool too. They're awesome people. Yeah. They're the only reason I was able to do any of this, like hands down, just, you know, constant support, just ridiculously supportive. Um, Brilliant. Uh, so of course we moved back near them because we're not going <laughs> to. <we're> like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, but, but that was, that was the hidden blessing is we had just started renting a house where if we had been Airbnb or in another country, I don't know what would have happened. I don't, I have no idea how we would. Um, so we had the moratorium on eviction. We had grant programs through both our city and the County of Los Angeles that we applied for and were able to get rent assistance. Um, so as far as safety, we were, we were safe. We were fed. Those things, when I look back, I go, okay, there were massive blessings. There, there, you know what I mean? Like, right. but um, but the mental health, not good, not good. And I had just, when I was young, when I was a kid, I was very much a homebody. I like, you know, I would cook with my mom and I thought Claremont, Claremont was this, just this like East Coast style little college town that happened to be on the West Coast, really affluent, really beautiful, like manicured. Um, 
And I was like, this is perfect. This is paradise. I don't need excitement. I never need to travel. I'll just live here for the rest of my life. <laughs> Opera does, it did not, did not agree. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Like what? I had no, so. <laughs> it never yes. does, right? So we have this big like, plan and then we go, oop, nope, that didn't work that way. Mm. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so when did you get uh, back singing? Yeah. What? When did you start singing again with the pandemic? Oh, afterwards? Yeah. Well, I did like LA Opera had me do a digital recital, um, which kept me busy, but I was so mentally unhealthy that it, 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 um, it took a little extra time. Um, and they were really cool about it. They're like, hey, there's no timeline, do what you gotta do, get it to us when you get it to us. But it did give me something, it did give me something to do and it was, it was fun to record it and work with you. Do either of you know Jeremy Frank? No. At LA? Yeah, Sandra, you probably work with him in Los Angeles. Absolutely adore Jeremy. He has taught me an incredible amount and he was really into, cause he was teaching at USC and also, doing all this other stuff and assisting with uh, the chorus and also as an amazing accompanist coach. And it's like, he's all over the place. So he tackled um, the tech issue of it and it got incorporated with MIDI and doing home recordings and all this stuff. So cool. he and I, I would, I would sing for him and then he'd set his tempos and then I would record with his MIDI back and then he would accompany acoustically. Like we Whoa. went back and forth and like, like made like, pretty decent recital remotely nice. so cool. that was really fun that was the, yeah that was the only thing I really did over the pandemic time um oh but that was the thing I was gonna say was the hardest thing about the pandemic was I had finally built myself into a mobile traveler like I had recrafted myself with this little town homebody person to finally being like I am into cities. I am into this travel and adapting to new places. Mm -hmm. And then the brakes slammed on and said, "That new person you are, gone. Now you can't. Now you can't do it. Yeah. And, and it's just at home and and all this pent up energy and like I don't know about you two, but I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie when it comes to performing. Really? And I didn't know that, Craig. Didn't know. <laughs> Scarpia. But that's what makes it fun, you know? I mean, that's what makes yeah. working with singers like you two, that's the joy for me, is that it's actually really telling a story. It's not just about your high notes. It's not just about singing. It's about this amalgamation. Is that the right word? Amalgam <laughs> amalgamation. It's about... <laughs> Sandra's about ready to fall out of her chair. Um, so it's about putting that together. And then it's that's where joy is, is where the singing and the storytelling and the energy that you are ping-ponging these things back with your colleagues is just such a brilliant, it's why I love it. It's what it keeps me coming back. I mean, that's the joy. So when you don't have that anymore, you don't know what to do with yourself in your house. It's horrible. I got a question for both of you. Go for it. So I saw, the first time I ever saw Craig perform was at ENO in Tosca <laughs> with yeah. Gary. Now, I want to know from both of you, you had both sung Tosca in Italian, and then you had to learn it. No, you hadn't. I did it you once. First. 
She had done it in concert. I was English first. It screwed me up. Massively. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about was how is it singing an opera that is written in Italian and then translating it to English? Like for me, that would have been a huge mindfuck. You know, <laughs> all, all, I, all I know is singing the aria made me giggle, you know, because it's in English, you know, I live for art. And you're like, what? Huh? Did I really just sing that in English? I get it. I get why they do it. I mean, was it hard, Craig? Was it hard for you? I I grew up in musical theater, so like English is my jam. I think I'd already done I think I'd already done Fanciulla del West there, um, so I had already done uh, a Puccini in uh, in English. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the the uh, where it messed me up was then when we went and did it at Canada the following year is our conductor thought my Italian was shit because all my word stresses were wrong. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, hold on, hold on. I know I, my Italian's not bad. Like, just, just let me, like I, the way I, the way you learn each phrase was what, what, so I, it was lucky at ENO, but I didn't know it the right way. And, and, but it, but it was the later unsorting it. And then finally, by the time we got to performances, she was like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. You're not like completely <laughs> a moron. <laughs> so that was your first Scarpia and that was your first full, fully staged Tosca. Character. Yes, because I'd just done the concert version just to try it out to see if it was something I wanted to say yes to. Okay. And got then it. we went from, and then we went from there to COC. Right. Toronto. Tosca there in Italian. Yeah. How is it now singing Macbeth after you you were singing what Alberich? Yeah. Right before this Macbeth? Yeah. Was that yeah. like a I, whoa pivot? Whoa. You yeah, well, 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 uh Wagner is much easier for me. Um the vowels and getting to use my consonants and the way the way it's it has more uh, extreme jumps. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't plateau. The legato lines aren't this. You know, like high uh, bel canto thing. Which so I'm I'm much more uh, just physiologically and my training suited for like like for instance like Telramund um, was just a freaking roller coaster of like and it was cool and it's cool because there are some of those Wagner high like held in baritone roles that can just destroy people and I'm like that's my voice that is what I should be doing okay. and I and when I sing when I sing that I go yes I can get to the point where I'm one of the best in the world at this like that I this is my home this is me when I when I come to something like this I have a huge imposter syndrome where there are other like baritone baritones who sing other Verity baritone roles that are all just the whole time like and, and is that a technical I'm term sorry. it is <laughs> uh, with the arm yeah well, if you can phonate today like I couldn't even know <laughs> <laughs> Their voices, their voices are just a step and a half higher than mine. 
So, so when I come to something like this, that is the ultimate top of my range where I'm having to sing like, like a, like a tenor and like a high dramatic tenor for my, for my voice type. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, the role, the, the Verdi role that I've done several times is Falstaff and it's yep. written incredibly different. Well, there are some huge parallels in the recits, in the, in the monologues, amazing, amazing parallels where, um, just some of the, just the technical ways uh, that two men say things and process emotion. It's really cool how Verity is so clear and it, it really allows a, an actor to speak sincerely. Mm-hmm. But Falstaff is so late. Falstaff is so late, Verity, that it's really a different beast and there's no real aria. There's no, um, and um, so my imposter syndrome in, Macbeth is like, you know, and it's so weird that I've gotten to do it at these high profile places. And yet in my mind, I don't fully believe in myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. and it's going well, it's going well, but still yes. somewhere in my, thanks, thank, thank you. But somewhere in my internal, like subconscious mind, I still don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I have some inner, I, I have to, um, I have to get to a point where, where I've really mastered the technique and really done more of these like aria aria rep things to really feel like this is me now. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of the difference for me between the German rep and this rep where I'm like, I, I still see other people in a career where I'm like, you're better than me. Okay. You bet. Like I got, I got work to do. I got I'm that, you know, like you have that ability and I'm going to go get that, but I don't, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I got, I got, I got more work to do. That's- I kind of like put it in the, like in our times though, not, you know, past singers, but singers that I'm competing with for jobs, who are the top 10? Am I in the top 10 or am I in the top 20 or 30? Where am I if, for this specific role? Does that make sense? Like I know exactly yep. where my Mimi is, where my, where my Don Elvira is, where Tosca is, where am I in the, and then how much work do I need to get to be in the top 10 where I don't care yeah. who they pick out of the top 10. Cause we're all fabulous. You know what I mean? So. And I think that takes and, a big person to do that, you know, good for Good for all of us. I think for doing that, because a lot of people just say I'm the best. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said that, but I just, I just want to be put in a pocket where I'm cool. If we're, you know, cause we all know, I mean, well, I don't know about Sandra, but I know Craig and I know where, we know if like where there's three or four of us that have been called for something and then who are they going to pick and i'm okay if the other three or four are in my top 10. (laughs) it's that differentiate if like if there are any young singers like watching this it's that difference between the ego trying to be the best technical like like a a functional this is my business Yes. I am. I am not. I'm not saying how good I am because of how good I am. I'm saying how right. how good I am because I am, I am working. I right. am doing a job, and if I don't have an ability that somebody else has, it's my business responsibility to go get that ability. Absolutely. Like that. It's not about me. It's not about me being the best. It's like I feed my family. Like I have a job. I have. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like afford a house. Like simple crap that you just have to be like. No, I have my own life. I have my own self identity outside of this. This is a technical exploration 
of where I sit in that hierarchy of love that. If you call somebody at the last minute, if I can go be that one at Chicago that they call and they're like, oh, we're happy to have you. Oh. I have, oh. I have a quote oh. that I heard the other day and I wanted to share this with you guys because it really resonated with me. And it is confidence is silent. Insecurities are loud. Oh, I've been very loud lately. <laughs> But is that not, does that not fit right now what we are all dealing with? You know? You know what's cool though is that every singer I've talked to feels is being loud right now. Because all of those, I don't want to say everyone, but most of the singers that didn't really sing a whole lot through the pandemic that are now coming out and getting ready for things, getting called at the last minute for stuff, it is a massive mental insecurity moment because. I know I did this before, but why isn't my voice responding like it did before? Why isn't my body responding like it did before? It comes, but it's slower and it's coming and coming and coming and better and better and better. But it's a mental, I mean, excuse my French, but it's just a mental fuck. And nobody is talking about this on social media. Everybody's making it look like it is jam on toast with whipped cream people. And the celebration of being back. The celebration of being back is fantastic. Love it. But there's another side to it that, you know, and mental health through the pandemic, mental health getting back on the horse again, which is a whole nother thing. Mental health being apart from your loved ones that you've been in a house with for 18 months. Does that make sense? It's this whole, it's a whole thing, people. And um, as grateful as I am for being at work, it, this is a process of walking through this too. And let's be honest about that. Let's let's yeah. put that out there and say- And do I deserve this? <clears throat> what? You know, I, <clears throat> sorry, a lot of people are dealing with that. Am I deserving of this? Because we've been away from it for so long. And wow, like, am I, there's so many other people standing behind me that want this. It's a heavy weight on our shoulders because they chose us for these jobs and not all those people behind well us. and then i honestly there's guilt for complaining about being away from home or guilt about stressing because there are so many people that would kill to sing this job does that make sense so then there's this horrible i feel guilt for for feeling the way that i'm feeling because i should be you know overjoyous and and through the moon that i'm working but at the same time i'm it's just this i it's insane what's going on in my mind. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm probably the only one on social media talking about it, but I, I know I'm not the only one because of private conversations I've had. Yeah. It's that tricky balance in, in a privileged life, right? Being, being a, a, you know, from a wealthy nation, being from, being Caucasian, yep. being like all, all the privileges that you have there. It's a, it's a tricky balance of figuring out how to appreciate your privilege and also not discounting your trauma. There, I love that. Exactly. Beautifully said, Craig. Yep. It's like, how do I how do I simultaneously acknowledge that my pain is legitimate and that my my dishealth, you know, that the, the things that have been awful are awful while also like because if because if you just discount it and push it away, you're also damaging yourself and then you have no ability to use your privilege or to shine a light or to, or to do anything and to value like you know it yeah you have no. the whole boat it's 
you have to hold, yeah you have to hold both and then i um you know with the whole technical thing again your voice back on there was a moment where i thought okay listen carrie we need to get over ourselves because there's a moment you gotta get over a little bit because you need to make this worth it worth it of being away worth it for dealing with the other shit that's going on so what are you gonna do are you gonna figure this out and sing the shit out of this and enjoy every moment of it you know how are you going to look at it and um and i love that and you know of course that mentality comes not only from known therapy i've been through but also with talking with other singers about this and their own process and how they're they're figuring it out so yes what am i trying to say own those feelings but then also figure out a way through it figure out a way through that is a healthy way of of holding all of that in one space yep. and muscle memory is is an amazing thing singing roles right carrie singing roles that you have sung before muscle memory is an amazing thing but it's mental it's mental it's allowing your brain to say trust the muscle memory trust the ride trust your body for me right Same absolutely way. trust it it's there you have it but i had a little bit of a i've been having a little bit of a of a flip influence of that which is weird with after so much time off some of my older muscle memory is trying to resurface not my better technique that is more recent and I'm like, I haven't made that mistake right. in five years. When did like, that start to just creep back in? What is yeah. that? What is that? Well, you told me something last night that really surprised me. That you started as a bass? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't know always a, 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 a bass or a bass baritone. I mean, I, um, yeah, like like when I was when I was young and auditioning like I was singing Bonquo and that that's like oh god like, I shouldn't be doing that like yeah, I was shocked I, when you told me that and and when did you oh do that god. Okay. I was because I just thought no 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 no, no. when did you switch well, to the higher rep and how like what was the decision I and I don't know if this exists outside of my own mind, uh, because I've heard it, I've heard women describe this way, but I think of myself as a Zwischenfach because it takes me about a month and I can go back to being a bass. I can go back to singing Pasquale. I can go back, like I had, during the pandemic, I was supposed to do Figaro at, uh, in LA. And like, I'm also uh, in a couple months, I'm gonna do like the bass solos in Matthew's Passion. Cool. Um, so it, it, uh, it, I, have to, I have to do some very intentional work between gigs to switch back and forth. But I, for me, my, okay, okay, sorry. T tech diversion. I, I, I disagree with a lot of like Fach categorization where people people into Fach because what I've discovered uh, stalking people and stalking different singers is that many people that I've seen could sing other rep, but they sing with the technique of a certain Fach, especially with low voice males. Okay. There, there, is, there is a specific technique and adduction of the chords that works for uh, bass and bass baritones that is not applicable 
to higher Helden work or Verdi baritone work, okay. where the 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 resonance being higher and lifting so much of the chest voice up, mm -hmm. um, there, there's it requires less of an intentional adduction, okay. um, and and in my low rep, I'm able to manage more of my bite and resonance and airflow, especially like on an E vowel. If I'm going down into my low range, like down to a low F, there's there's a connection here that I can specifically manipulate while oh. connecting it off while connecting it to my hard. But they can make a low note carry and cut. Okay. Where that in the upper range, when you're doing high work, you don't have to do that at all because the frequencies are already resonating up that high. They're like you were saying last night, like it has to be up and down. It has to go right. that. And at that point, frequency wise, you just have to open. You just right. You, and the just, chords, you don't need as much chord. They're not doing that. Like on those low notes, they're they're very slow. But on the high notes, only the very tip is touching. So if you yeah, shove yeah. more air into it people on the high notes, then they're just going to go, uh, right? Yeah, like yep. spaz out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. So um, that's interesting. So you, wow. I, I was just yeah. like, mind blown. You were a bass. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. And I, oh. because I really enjoy that rap. I really enjoy yeah. the comedic stuff. I enjoy, I grew up as a cellist as well so like singing donizetti and comedic stuff with the patter and all like the little do 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 is is really enjoyable because that's what i used to that's what i used to play in the orchestra where all those little bass lines <laughs> can we go back to the um old technique surfacing so have you figured out a way through that have you been working well, well me last night for instance um I, it, it got real weird. I had this like rasp coming in and I had also noticed this when I was wearing a mask um, that like we were just talking about was there was too much air slipping through. There was too much air. And I, I went to Maestra last night at intermission and I said, okay, what am I doing wrong? And you brilliantly said, yes, I hear it. It's too wide. The vowels are too wide. Um, and that's, and that's why it's, it's, it's spreading and too much sneaking through. Yeah. Because that's how we sing with masks too, because we can't get this vertical opening because the masks are like this, right? So we can't, and, uh, we actually just can't open our mouths. Um, I don't know about, oh, I moved it. Sorry. Sorry. I thought I had one. Carrie, are you wearing masks in Seattle? Yes. And, oh. um, I have to say like the first rehearsal. I was like, oh, I need a minute because it was a musical. And I'm like, I could hear, I was hearing myself so much that I was like, oh my God, that's awful. And then I kept, I, it, it almost like the voice went inward and, and it just ran my throat. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I need a minute. And I've learned that. And you see all of us do it. I swear to God, anytime you go like up over a G, not, you know, the G above the staff, it's like, you want it, you pull your mask because you just need yeah. to not hear that that sound coming back at you because then all of a sudden it's like it goes too far back and then what you're saying it's spread and then it doesn't happen and you're like wait a minute you push yeah and then you push you're like, yeah. and it's almost like you listen to the whole room and everybody is you know 
it's just like everybody just wants to yank the mask. And I know, I know in some rehearsal, we're going to get, you know, some HR memo that says stop yanking on your masks. <laughs> but I, I mean, it is absolutely horrible to sing in a mask. I'm sorry, I would take a nose swab 50 times during a rehearsal to not have to wear it. Please, people. Well, and it's, it's and and not to confuse the topic like societally and politically, because there are people who are like crazy conspiracy or like political like brainwash stuff where they're like, wear a mask because of CO2, and I don't wear a mask because it's uncomfortable and it's my right. I'm like, no, that is not what we are talking about. We are talking about a physical, technical what is happening physically. Yeah. It's hard. We have a craft. <laughs> that is based on airflow and resonance and putting something on your face it is i'm like i'm like it's not that it's it's a literal obstruction to what we have to do for our job that's well, that's why yeah it's so and, frustrating and we were told caring about the safety of other people in the room or right yeah. we were told here that we i have to wear my mask in every rehearsal except for the final dress rehearsal so i'm not even gonna know like I, I so fi my final dress is when I get to take my mask off. They're talking right now because there's issues with AGMA and unions. And so I, I mean, I've asked is what is there testing? But I also understand administration's point of view because if one person is positive, has it, we're all, listen, we're all vaccinated, but if somebody has a breakthrough, then we're shut down or rehearsals stop or there will be no rehearsals because we've got a, and so I, then you're like, yeah, fine. Strap the mask on my face and let me do it. But I, they, there is a room I've asked for it. They've been gracious enough to let me get in almost every day where we can, one person can sing without a mask and the conductor and the pianist can be in the room with the mask. Right. So I've been at least able to have coachings and rehearsals for myself okay. without the mask. And I do, I try to do that daily because I, so I remember where the high notes go, where the voice needs to move. And then when I'm in the room with the mask on, I'm remembering that sensation and I have to turn my ears off, which nice. is also very difficult mentally because, you know, it sounds different when you, with the mask on and you're trying to let it ride. Does that oh, make sense? Forget it. Just, it sounds horrible. It, but you deserve a zits pro. You deserve a zits pro. They're trying. I mean, like they're they're like maybe on. we might have thirty minutes, but then they of course they want to do all the chorus, and then you're like, well that leaves like ten minutes to do, and we have all these arias that need to happen. So you know you're just kind of like I I'm just gonna go with the flow and practice without my mask and memorize that sensation. I sing on sensation anyway, yeah. so just remember that. And when I'm in my mask stop the darkness by saying that sounds like shit because can you mark can you mark down the octave or can you just I not do, sing full out i do in rehearsals i do mark a bit but then other times like i just really need to sing this what happens if something god forbid something happens and they say you got to do the show on masks i have to know how to do that i have to know how to sing a show on a mask i so, couldn't do it i couldn't do a show on a mask you know I, I, no and I, you know me, I mean, I always like plan for every scenario. I try to plan for every scenario. So in my mind, I'm just trying to work, work that out. So, well, they said here with us, we were, we were very lucky in rehearsals. If it was just Craig and I doing our duets together, or if we were doing an aria, we were allowed to take our masks off in the rehearsal room. If there weren't the children, cause there's, there's children actors that play witches, ghouls, devils if they're not in the room as well. So if it's just us, 
then we were allowed to do that. So this is what I don't understand because we're not allowed to have children in the show. All of the rules are different than yours. Um, mm -hmm. And AGMA rules are different than, you, than yours. Why? Why is there not some standard across the board? Each opera house negotiates their own AGMA contract. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I thought I read that it was act, children actors 12. I, I don't know. I don't oh, I think 12 and up can do it because they're allowed yes. to be vaccinated, but 12 and under, no, we're not allowed to have children. Yeah, our kids are older than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're 15. Yeah, they I had to replace some of the kids at the Met too in Fire Shut Up and uh, Because yeah, they were I was like, I think our, our look young, but I'm pretty sure they're they're at least uh, preteen, teen. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, 15, 16. I, mean, I was talking to all of them. So they're, I know, they're so cute. Liliana was... The girl was my Elizabeth in Anna Bolena. Oh, yay! And she and I, I mean, loved her when I did Anna Bolena here. And she was like, Sandra! Very sweet. So it was nice to to be back and going full circle. How how great, let's just acknowledge this. How great is it that we are all singing again? Right? On stage. With people in the audience. Thank you. Can I can I do a little, can I do a little story time? Yeah. Lay it on me. Okay. So this is this is my Sandra story that I have kept secret while working together. Um, it's it's good. It's a good thing. Okay. okay. Um, what? I can't remember when it was. I think it was like oh nine or oh eight or something like that. Um, I, uh, I got to the semifinals in the uh, Met Council. And so I was able to come to New York and watch some stuff. And Sandra, you were the artist that they asked to come speak to us in our big group. Um, you were in that? How come I don't remember yes. that? Oh my God. You Upstairs at the Met? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you were you you chatted with us and did a little QA. Um, and I was so smitten. Um, and um I didn't move on to the finals. And it was a really good thing because I in watching your dress rehearsals, it was with Horostovsky, the late great, um, and you, I can't remember, was it Trovatore? What was it? It was some verity. It was either Ballo or Trovatore. Was it was it was it a rake or, stage? A big rake great. stage? Or? It had a bunch of like ruins and scaffolding on one side or something. Um, and there were soldiers. Oh, that was a Trovatore. Yeah, that's David McFickers. Oh really? Oh, I didn't know because I yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it was one of the dress rehearsals we got to go see. And I was saying a little before about like knowing where you are and knowing what you have to do like in my little world in los angeles i was good but when i went and saw you guys i realized that there was proficient and then there was this chasm between proficient singing and the alien top like that that's what my wife and i call it, the alien sound that there's something over there that's just different it's that different weird 
world mm -hmm. of of the of that very top singing that you two are able to do and like that that I now have somehow included in which still freaks me out but at that time that was the perfect experience for me to not move on because I wasn't ready and it taught me like that's where I have to go cool that Aww. is that is my once I cross that chasm then then I will be able to do that work um so you were that was quite a, that was a dress rehearsal that I was sick and I marked the whole thing, right? Yes. You were sick. I had the worst cold. I'm <laughs> thanks. I marked the whole thing. I was I had a, a serious cold. And yeah, and I almost didn't do it, but the Met back then had a rule that if you didn't sing the dress rehearsal, you didn't get opening night. Ooh. For anybody. Dmitry Vodostovsky, you know, Rude. blah. So Rude. it was gorgeous. Thank it was you. gorgeous. The best blocking, like we even talked to the group. We were like, geez, Louise, like if that's her blocking, like screw me. Like, yeah. Well, David McVicker. Congrats. David McVicker. You know, David. McVicker, David. Great and a great cast. I mean, that was Dolores Zajic, Marcelo Alvarez. Love it. Dmitry Vodostovsky. Marco Armiliato can die. I mean, it was like, whoa, oh, oh, Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but look at that full circle. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. If, you had, if you had told me at that time that in, <laughs> in a decade, I would be singing Macbeth and Lady Macbeth with you, I would have told you to go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, here's your opportunity. Go fuck yourself. Oh, no, not you, not you personally. I mean, I mean. The, <laughs> amazing i mean that is it's it's i didn't know that i mean you had told me about um la opera that we were in the the trilogy the critical together yes even though you yes. were in a different show but um because the the three shows didn't kind of mingle you know yeah we were in different rehearsals Absolutely. and we never saw it but... i love that yeah. that's awesome and yeah. you know what and look all that hard work and you taking that time to say hey i'm not ready I got to work harder. Good for you. And you know, a lot of a lot of young singers need to hear that and practice. That. Yes, it's okay to not be ready. It's okay to not get the audition, to not win the competition, and go oh, like at the time, you know, because all you want, all you want at the time is to be validated and to be told you're good enough. And really, what you need to know, what you need to be doing, is saying. What, what is that thing over there that I don't have? That's that's the question. Is you have how to do I get there and how do I do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be happily um, inadequate and say that's that's my job is to is to say I'm not the best. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know what? Weird. Being in the Young Artist Program there taught me that daily. Every rehearsal you go to, every performance, you just go, yep. You're not there yet, Sandra, you know, work, and work, you got work. a long way to go. Work, work, work. So, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to embarrass you or put you on the spot. I'm okay, good. good. I, don't think, I, think, I think you kind of know that about me right now. But, you know, Carrie knows I, yeah. you know, it takes a lot to embarrass me. So, yes, I don't. Yeah. Do we have any more questions or are we ready for some rapid fires? Hi. Ooh. Uh, 
I think rapid fire sounds good. Are you ready for it though? I I think so. I just can't. I just still am so tickled that I'm on the Screaming Divas because the people you interview, I'm like, oh. Um, I, I, I just wanted to comment on, I really enjoyed the interview with uh, Kate Lindsay the other day. Um, that was really cool. Um, she's, a, she's a good egg, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I wanna, I, I haven't gotten to meet her, but we keep rotating around each other. And it was cool because over the pandemic, LA um, gave out this really nice award, Stearns, as, as you know, the, you know, the Stearns, um, super, I mean, they're the, the, you know, the heart, the pumping heart of Los Angeles opera and they they created this award for them that's like a grant and they split it up and Josh Guerrero who is our Macduff and um, Kate and Angel Blue and I and was there somebody else there might have been somebody else shame on me for forgetting but whatever um they they split the grant among us to, to help support and Kate's one of those people that from afar I've always been like wow like I got I cannot wait to sing with her and like we're the same age and I'm like oh my gosh like this is She's amazing. you know who I'm like yeah another person that I was like I can't believe I'm on that list with somebody like her you know or it's just like oh wow wow cool. okay. but you know what Craig Sorry. I think all that all that hard work and all that time that you took really has paid off and I really think so amazing i think so um i just before we start rapid fire i'm really in love with the death nail polish that's going on right now thank you i know i know we had we had one day we had the same color i was like mm, it's looking pretty fierce craig i'm really loving it thank you okay okay thank rapid you. fire rapid fire we're going old school we're gonna go back to the beginning of screaming divas james lipton james lipton questions what is your favorite word what is my favorite word? Probably fuck. Oh, well, well, okay. So that's two questions done. <laughs> it's everything, it's everything. Fuck can be everything. It can be bad, it can be good, it can be sexual, it can be uh, dismissive, it can be, it is the most useful word. It is. It has the utility of everything in our language and it feels incredible. Yep. Have, you, have you ever worked with Chuck Hudson? Mm -mm. Chuck Hudson's a, a phenomenal director, um, and he works with the Marilla kids every summer. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, 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 he's real tough on them, but as a director, he's he's much sweeter. Um, <laughs> he, he's brilliant. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. I've done a couple shows with him. He was a, 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 a Marcel Marceau's apprentice. And we do this wonderful exercise where we break down all of our steps as we go, like really meticulous little steps of movement and reaction and how many, like it was just an exercise and whatnot. And then we verbalize what we're doing. And then the final step is to add fucking to everything. <laughs> where, where, where first we're like, I'm walking across the room. I'm tripping. I'm looking to see what I tripped on. And then you, you go through the whole process. And then the next time I'm walking, Oh, that's good. Fucking across the fucking room. <laughs> I'm fucking. Thing. I'm fucking looking at the so. I say how. So it's fucking acting. It's fucking acting. Where if you if you can't get your energy up, just add fucking to all of your subtext. Perfect. And it really, it'll, 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 there you go. You're right fucking up. Lucia. Yeah. I'm fucking Lucia. That I yes. can't remember my name in rehearsal the other day. I was like, me come and know what? <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. So. Okay, so. Least favorite word. Sorry, 
was for our non-PG, our oh, non-PG. Yeah. Craig, we are so not PG rated. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. Okay, right. what is your, Sandra? <laughs> least favorite word? God, what? Like the definition of the word or just the word itself? Just a word. All just a word. All mode. Alt mode? No, all a mode. All a mode. <laughs> uh, Craig, would you like in that? A, in, a close second, in a close second is BBQ. BBQ. <laughs> BBQ. I'm gonna go have some BBQ. Can I get that a la mode? Okay, I will never say those things to you again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Like, okay. What turns you? What turns you on? Oh. Oh my goodness. Scandalous. Um, James Lipton. He's the one who wrote them. Androgyny. Um. And uh, incredibly assertive women. Ooh. So then what turns you off? What turns me off? Oh God, toxic masculinity. <laughs> that. Real, right? I don't like that one. Um, okay, what, what bro. sound? What? Bro. 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 Okay, what sound or noise do you love? Oh, what sound and noise do I love? Oh gosh, gosh. Um I love the sound of rain and thunder. Um I love the sound of my baby's voice. Um uh yeah, those are good. Those, those are good. And the ones you hate? Mm -hmm. The sounds I hate. The sound of celebrated ignorance. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, well, I taught kindergarten with my wife uh, for 10 summers for several, several years uh, before I started doing this professionally. Um, I'd love to go back and do that. Um, I was also a youth pastor for six years, and um, I'm about to teach uh, college level for the first time, and I think I'm going to really enjoy that because they actually- At Pepperdine. That's awesome. That's just like a shameless plug. Pepperdine University. Just thank you. Pepperdine University, one of the best undergrad opera programs in the country. Absolutely. Nice. They do a full original language opera every year. Cool. Um, all undergrad, all undergrad, live orchestra. There, it's nice. it's you're gonna do undergrad, that's that's where you want to go for classical. Awesome. Um yeah. and so definitely back to working with uh, kids or teaching. Um cool. What profession would you not like to do? Mm -hmm. hmm. Hmm. Profession would I not like to do? Empty porta potty. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you got yeah, exactly. Like there are the obvious. You've got your standard like painful labor jobs, but I'm I'm gonna skip that because that's just you know that, that's low, low hanging 
for for the, just the pain of of life. But I think I think I would um, curl up and die if I was like a stock trader, you know, like like if I had to do like numbers and and just abstract evaluations of of lifeless, you know, soul sucking, soul sucking. That that would be a, a, its own kind of hell. Yeah. And Carrie. And the last question. There already. If I'm just so glad that note came out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. would I would be about four octaves lower than that right now. Just okay. Um, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? Um, this one's actually pretty easy. Um, I uh, so. I'm glad that you prefaced it with if, if heaven exists, um, because my um, my religious um, affiliation, one of the first tenets is the admission of ignorance. Um, so uh, my, my first thing is if if you were in just a strictly like Judeo-Christian um, tradition, uh, I would go with the poem um, Love Bade Me Welcome. Mm uh so that's a quick answer go if you want to go read that go read that um it's great but for me personally um if there were an all-powerful um omnipotent being that being would a never get tired and would have a facility to be compassionate eternally and on all levels mm -hmm. so when someone died if i were that omnipotent compassionate being there's not a question of um, punishment or reward. There is the power to heal. So returning to that unity, God would first heal me. A, to me, I know this is what you love. I know you love seeing people healed. So come join me in that and oh, we'll do that. Cool. That's beautiful. Yay. That's great. Nice. Well, thanks that's, for joining us today. It's been very lovely. And thank you. Getting to know you even better, even though we're in a show together. And I know you and Carrie have done plenty of shows together, but there I we really go. I really appreciate it. You're both absolutely fantastic. Thank you for doing this with us. I just think you're such an incredibly special person and I adore you. And um, I just wanted to talk to you to find out. I mean, this is such a big thing that happened and, and I love where your career has been and where it's going. And I just felt like that needed to be shared with everybody. And so thanks for, for wanting to share it. Love it. Thanks. Yay. Thank you. And I will see you, you on Sunday. Yes. Love to you both. Love you too. Bye.